This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. Hello, this is Scott Wells for the MagicWordPodcast.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Poe's Magic Conference, which is going to be held in August the 24th through the 27th in Baltimore, Maryland. I attended this last year and had such a great time. I'm going back again this year. I, actually, they invited me to perform, so I'm going to be giving a, a lecture and performing then a little bit uh, this year at this convention, so it should be some fun. Speaking of conventions, I'm not going to make all the ones I thought I was. <laughs> I had originally planned to attend 15 different conventions, but I have uh, a little bit of a health issue that is prohibiting me from attending the IBM convention, so those of you who I said I'll see you in Pittsburgh, I won't be attending that this year, uh, and so sorry, but uh, don't worry. It's just uh, it wasn't a, a particularly uh, bad scare or anything, but uh, and everything is going to be okay uh, health wise. So I appreciate your your thoughts and prayers and thinking about me uh, and everything. But uh, all is uh, is going well, so uh, not to worry. But I thought I would just let you know that's why that I'm not going to be able to make it to the IBM, but I will be at the SAM convention thereafter. And golly, after that, just it will continue, in which will be going to. Of course, Abbott's get-together, Magic Live, and uh, I'll be at Poe's Magic Conference that we're talking about here today, and some other things coming up then, too. So you'll be, uh, if you can't make uh, to any or all of those, I'll be delivering some daily reports, as I normally do uh, then as well. Well, last week, actually a couple of weeks ago, we started a new contest that was for two ebooks and one physical book that was being offered by Michael Breger, who had authored this book called Take Five, with uh, some uh, awesome presentations presentation and some great tricks in there. And this week, we're going to announce the winners of that particular contest. We have been running this for two weeks, so everyone's had time to enter the contest. And because that a couple of the books are ebooks, they can be delivered anywhere in the world. And so that's part of the advantage of the digital world that we live in that right now. But, uh, and for uh, one lucky winner here in the U.S. Uh, or who resides within the U.S., will be receiving a physical book then as well. We will give you those names again over on the backside of this particular podcast. Well, I want to get into this week's episode because it's a little bit different. We were talking about conventions a little bit earlier, and one of the people I had uh, spoken with whenever I was planning on going to a convention earlier this year, which was called the Senior Tour, which is changing its name next year. I believe they're going to be going with the Gateway Close-Up Convention since it's in the Gateway City of St. Louis. But while I was there, I spoke with Jeff Lefton, and he introduced me then to his uh, buddy and partner, Dan Davis, and the two of them run a place uh, in Webster Groves, which is a suburb there of St. Louis called Abra Kid Abra. And it is a standalone building, basically, that they will do birthday parties. As I mentioned in the conversation we had, it was kind of like the Chuck E. Cheese of, of magic because they've got lots of uh, games and things to play there, a ba- indoor bounce house, and they do uh, other kinds of stuff with the nearby school that they have an arrangement with. And this is a really great model for anyone who might want to pick up on something like this in your city then also. One of the advantages of having it indoors like this, again, St. Louis being in the Midwest is subject to the inclement weather. Specifically, you will occasionally have tornadoes out that way, but then you have ice and snow and weather like that. So it's hard to have an outdoor facility that you can 
offer with your bounce houses and other kinds of things. Anyhow, they go into a lot of detail and really show you behind the curtain, uh, almost quite figuratively, uh, literally, I should say, uh, of, of all the secrets and what makes this work. So again, if some of you might be thinking about doing something similar to this, this is a good template to use, and you might contact either Jeff or Dan if you want some more details on how to do something like this, perhaps in your own neck of the woods as well. I think it's just a, a fantastic idea and uh, one that uh, bears some looking into. So, welcome my guests this week from Abra Kid Abra, Jeff Lefton and Dan Davis here on the Magic Word. Hello, today we are in St. Louis, Missouri at a, a magic theater that's a little bit unlike most theaters that we have talked about in the past. Many of the theaters we've uh, discussed in the past, of course, been for adults or families or uh, people, let's say, like Smoke and Mirrors in Philadelphia or the House of Cards in Nashville or others like this. This is something that is exclusively for children. I, I guess you can kind of think of this as the Chuck E. Cheese for magic. Uh, and I've got a couple of guys here who are involved with this and a fellow who had originally opened it and then uh, turn it over to another guy. So I've got with me both Jeff Lefton as well as uh, Dan Davis. So first of all, Jeff, hey, good morning or welcome. Yeah, well, hi, Scott. Nice <laughs> to be with you. I'm so glad that uh, you'd reached out to let me know about this. This is great. And uh, Dan Davis, you can hear his voice here. I'm right here. Thank you. And again, it is nice meeting you. And you are, what do you call it? What is your position? CMO, Chief it's Magical Officer. I love that. <laughs> And the name of this uh, location is called Abracadabra, Jeff. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay. And I want to, first of all, find out a little bit about your background. Did both of you guys kind of come from and mostly do children's types of shows or what? Um, you know, I've, I've been doing magic since I was eight years old and got a magic kit from my dad, like like many magicians. Right. Um, my back, I, I did auto shows years ago and a lot of adult shows, but I've also done kid shows mm -hmm. a lot. Of, so I, I'm kind of a generalist. I've done both adults and kids. What do you prefer? Do you like doing one over the other or? I like, well, for me, adults are more challenging mm -hmm. and I, I probably focus on that a little more these days, but kids are a lot of fun. So I enjoy that as well. Yeah. Could be looking at it, Dan. I owe this all to Jeff. I came to work for him at a different company uh, one he owned previously as a salesman. Mm -hmm. And he taught me magic and how to perform and uh, that and some other friends of mine. So I've been doing kids' uh, performances mostly ever since. Now, you were doing, I assume, birthday parties like at people's homes. Is that right, Dan? Yes. And all that kind of a thing. Then We started off at homes as well as libraries, uh -huh. uh, school shows, right. um, anything to do with the kids. Well, one of the reasons that fascinated me about this and the reason I wanted to talk with you guys about this is because it is unique and it's something, again, I mentioned there are other types of clubs that are more geared towards adults, and this is specifically like for children. Uh, you don't mind me calling it the Chuck E. Cheese of Magic, I guess, do you? No, that's fine. <laughs> Good description. Yeah. I, I just want to know, I do not in any way look like the head rat. So. <laughs> no, you do not. Uh, but I understand that this was opened... Uh, when, like about 10 years ago or so? What, what was the general thought, uh, Jeff, when you first built the place or had the idea for this? Um, I had a friend who worked at Mad Science, which is a franchise. Hmm. There's a, a St. Louis office, and they do fun science programs, and they had a kind of a three-legged stool model mm -hmm. of doing after-school programs at elementary schools, summer camps, 
and birthday parties. And my friend thought that we could do a similar type thing with magic. And I thought it sounded interesting. So we started that, and I, I wrote a bunch of curriculums to teach magic to kids, mm -hmm. and math magic, and regular magic. And um, at the time, there was a mall in St. Louis that had fallen on hard times, and they were giving the space out very inexpensively to arts groups. And this was an indoor type of mall, not like a strip mall kind of a thing, I assume? Yes. Okay. And it was they did that for maybe two, three years, mm -hmm. and the places went out of business, and now it's getting redeveloped. Again. The whole mall went out of business? Yes. Yeah. But for those few years, there were what, 40 arts groups or so in there? And it was it was a very vibrant place. Mm -hmm. And Lewis Meyer in uh, the D.C. area, who, who runs the uh, Capitol Kidvention, I had seen where he had a, a concept for a birthday party with inflatables and magic. And I thought it was an intriguing idea that because inflatables are a lot of fun for kids. Mm -hmm. Dan and I used to work together at an inflatable rental business that, that, we, uh, that I had. And so I, I knew that, and I thought, well, boy, to tire them out on the inflatables and then have them sit for a magic show, that seems like a good combination. Right. And then you feed them, and you kind of sugar them up, and you give them the goodie bags and send them out the door. What a, what a great, fun party. Right. So I went to visit Lewis, and he showed me his operation, and I liked it. And so we decided to emulate that in the mall and see how it worked, and the kids had a lot of fun. So when the mall went defunct, we found this space that we're in, in a suburb of St. Louis, called Webster Groves, and we purchased inflatables. We had them custom made to fit here, mm -hmm. and we decorated the place, and uh, the kids really seemed to have a fun time at the parties here. Well, that's a great concept and a business model from the standpoint there are already spaces that are available because shopping malls are kind of an outdoor shopping or indoor shopping malls are getting to be a dying breed. I mean, at one time there were a million of them around the country in every place or up into Canada and every place, of course. But it seems like over recent years, the concept has been more of an open outdoor uptown park kind of an atmosphere. They want to keep it more light, free and airy, I think. And so the indoor malls are starting to go defunct. And as a result, I would think they're trying to keep them open and having one last breath, my thought being for those who might be interested in trying to pursue some sort of a similar business model, that'd be the best place, first of all, I think, to start that. And if it does work and you start to get this kind of clientele, certainly the kids, I mean, I'm sure like with every birthday party you do, the kids tell their parents, hey, I want to have this magician and I want to come back in my party. Or, you know, so they want to come back to the same place as well to, to do this. So you don't have necessarily the repeat customers next year. You may or may not, but you also get the new customers of the people and the parents who have found the place and they say this is a great place to go. But by having this as a standalone facility, after you've already proven the viability, I guess, of that business model, makes this very successful, I would think, here. Dan? You, you said a lot. Of, yes. Uh, yeah, you usually do. <laughs> part of it was that three-legged idea that he had where we do other programs like the after-school and the summer camps, and when we're there, we advertise hmm. the birthday parties here. Mm -hmm. And when the people are here at the birthday parties, we advertise our summer camps and after-school programs and library, etc., so that we keep recycling our clients, mm -hmm. having them show up everywhere. 
So they're coming for other things, not just birthdays. Oh, so yes. that's uh, so. Explain a little bit about how that you keep this busy. I mean, I know you have other schools and other organizations that rent this place, so that's just another form of uh, revenue. Yes, obviously, um, having birthday parties here. Mm-hmm. This is I call it more of a birthday center. Mm-hmm. It keeps us very busy on the weekends. But you don't have a lot of people having their birthday parties in the middle of the week. That's the kids are at school, etc. Sure. So we find other people to sub-lease to. We work with an after-school program from a nearby elementary school. Uh, we have in the past rented out storage. But we also have this space available for doing other things. Mm-hmm. So we have field trips here. We have... Um, what is that? A- that? How are the field trips? Where do you do? Where do you go? Field like to trip. the zoo or something? No, no. They come here. A, a busload of kids from one of the schools that come okay. here. Yeah. They get to see a magic show. Then we kind of divide them up. One group goes into our little theater and gets taught magic. Oh, cool. Another group, we have a game show we set up in our regular little cake room. They come in here and do a um, out-of-the-box thinking type game show Mm -hmm. and strange questions. And then the third group is bouncing. And every 20 minutes or so, they trade places Uh until everybody's done everything. Uh Then we have a big finale magic illusion and send them home. But you call that a field trip, even yes. though they're really not out in the field. They're here. But they're out know. of their schools. Out, I got you. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, yes. So it's a group taking a bus field trip out yes. of the school. Gotcha. Okay. And we also then, our performers, will send them out to the schools or the libraries or the summer camps, depending on the time of year, mm-hmm. to perform there. Well, another thing, of course, you do have the performance area over there. Do you videotape, like with the kids? I mean, I assume you take pictures and send them home with the kids as well, but do you have video available, which might be another form of stream of revenue if you had somebody who said, hey, I want to do a show, and I need to get some performance footage, you know, here? Um, We haven't had a lot of requests for that, but we'd be open to it. Mm -hmm. One of our show options, because we just don't do the same magic show. We have different themed shows is what we call the make a movie okay where we bring the kids in and they go bouncing we take half of them or all of them off to the side teach them some simple magic tricks Mm -hmm. then they have cake and afterwards we videotape a show of them performing those magic tricks and then either they videotape them or we upload them and send them the the video later Mm -hmm. is that like an extra fee thing i assume yes okay Yep, that's wise. Uh, Good idea. Now, Jeff, you had originally, I guess, owned this or put this together, and then your full-time job kind of took you away in which you had been working with Dan said, hey, he's interested, so he took it from there. So how did that kind of transition? Yeah, I I was working in a family business. My my dad was an industrial psychologist, and I was mostly doing marketing for them. Mm -hmm. And then um, we had a CFO, and he left – and somebody needed to fill that job. So um, I, I said I would be willing to try it. And I felt like I, I tried that and owning this for a while. But I felt like um, I was kind of doing both jobs sort of halfway and mm-hmm. not really doing either one very well. And I felt like uh, I needed to let go of this so I could focus more on that. So mm-hmm. um, 
Dan and I worked on an arrangement for him to buy it. And um, and so, Dan, you run this pretty much 100% of the time, but if you need some help, then Jeff will come and assist from time to time. On oh, weekends, yes. Or, mm-hmm. um, yes. Uh, I've, we have a stable of a few other performers that we use. I was about to ask you that next. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do all the shows myself. <laughs> um, we have four or five magicians that are available. They're just local guys who are here in St. Louis or members of the club or people you know who you work with and they're qualified. Or people we've trained. Okay, really? Okay. Going back to the summer camp and such issues, uh, we bring in people, new people, and teach them basic tricks to teach the kids. Mm -hmm. And occasionally we'll get one who has a flair and a knack, and we will slowly work them into becoming one of our magicians. I was going to ask you about that. When I was looking at the performance room in there, you were saying how you end with uh, the chair suspension and, and other kinds of things you do. Do you have a set show and an act that is the same show all the time, or do you have an A, B, and C act? Or And when you have other new magicians come in, you train them to do that act, or do they do their own thing? Uh, basically, we have a rough guideline, Okay. and then we let the magicians do their own thing. Okay. Every magician gets more comfortable with some tricks of instead of others. So right. uh, we let them play to their own strengths. Mm-hmm. We, we wrote a, a show that has a story that links uh, six or so tricks together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a main one that we use. And it's, the tricks are fairly easy to do. And we found like, like one of our performers had an improv background. So he's always coming up with jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple others have theater backgrounds, so they've been, you know, got a performing flair. They're good with kids, so the magicians don't generally do sleight of hand type tricks, but they're tricks that are easier to learn, and with their backgrounds, they've been successful at it. Right, and the size of the showroom that you have in this building is about the size of a home where people would normally perform a birthday party anyhow. It's a, what is it, like about a 12 by 12 foot room or something? or Something close to that, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, occasionally we will get large parties. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't use that room. We'll move it out to the main room where everybody, we turn off the bounces and uh, set them out there. Mm-hmm. But most of our parties are 12 to 15 kids. I think it's a, a brilliant strategy, uh, Jeffy, when you first told me about this from the standpoint of having a three-pronged thing in which they're going to come and get tired, first of all, of doing all the games and whatnot, and then they can kind of settle down a little bit because they're tired, at least for a few minutes, to, what, a 30-minute uh, magic show, I guess, approximately? Yes. Yeah, and then after that to uh, give them their sugar fix and cake and ice cream and everything, and then out the back door they go and let the parents take it from there. So uh, I, I think that's, uh, the strategy is brilliant. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, one thing you might find interesting, um, when we have two inflatables, we have a, a bounce, it has two rooms, and that way if there's young kids and older oh, kids, we can idea. segregate them so the young kids aren't trounced and on. And that was custom the made for the, for the area, the room. Yes. yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then we have an obstacle course that has two lanes, it's got five obstacles, and the kids can race each other. Mm-hmm. So when the kids are on the inflatables, the the we have one one attendant who does the magic show and he'll kind of follow the kids through each of the four different rooms and parts of the party and be uh you know the magician when the magic show and they'll just mm-hmm. make sure the kids are behaving well in the bounce and so forth well when when you're watching the kids in the bounce what i would like to do is stand by the obstacle course because the kids go in again and again yeah and as they come in 
I try to memorize their names because you keep seeing the kids, the same kids sure. again, and you can. And so I find that by the end of the thirty minutes, I've got all fifteen or twenty kids' names memorized. Mm-hmm. And then when we take them in for the show, we can use their names in the show as we're interacting with them or calling them up as assistants. Right. And I've had a number of parents, like say, how did you memorize the names of all those kids? <laughs> they seem more impressed with that than they, they are. are with the tricks. True. <laughs> well, as you know from working with corporate parties then as well, whenever that you go into a cocktail strolling party and as you're leaving, you're saying, hey, thank you, John. Thanks, Stephanie, for having me. I hope you enjoyed this, Carolyn, you know, for uh, the show. Whenever I do that, uh, as I'm departing, there's how they kind of shake their heads. How do they remember my name? They can hardly remember, remember my, my name, little, you know. Uh, so I think it's a very impressive, uh, certainly, by by doing that. They want to come back because you made them feel special. Another thing I was going to ask you about towards the end of the day, they come into, well, I was going to say you've got a couple of rooms where the adults can kind of sit as well. And they've got plenty of windows so they can kind of watch what's going on. And But they have some quiet areas, I guess, for the parents or grandparents or whoever to uh, sit for a while and wait if they wish. But at the end, they've got this uh, money grab thing. Explain this. When they're done eating, and, and we don't have a clock on their time eating yeah some people bring in cupcakes they're done in five minutes we don't want the kids sitting there because mm-hmm. they'll cause trouble uh-huh. others i've had people bring buffets and they'll be in there for <laughs> half an hour okay um but when they start getting done we bring them into what we call our treasure room and there we make balloon animals for the kids and we do a workshop teaching them little magic mm-hmm. and we put that in goodie bags and then we take the goodie bags and put them by the door so the kids will start heading towards the door when they're done. Sure. But the final thing we do is we have a money machine, a cash cage, mm-hmm. a big thing that blows money around. Only the birthday child gets to go in there. It'd take all day. Otherwise, if you had everybody go through it. Even sure. better, all the kids are going, I want to go in the cash cage. And the answer is, well, when you have your birthday <laughs> at Abracadabra. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, then, then they grab as much money as they can. It's always the exact amount they need to win the big prize. <laughs> what do you normally have as prizes? Uh, stuffed animals at the moment. Okay. We used to give away magic kits, uh-huh. um, but the kids like the little stuffed animals more hmm. unless they're very um, magic loving and then they already have a magic kit probably so you know i hadn't thought about that but when you go to dave and busters or some of these places where they play skee-ball and you get the tickets and whatever or, or like chuck e cheese i guess or mr getty's pizza place the point is you've got the, all these tickets you can buy but i rarely see magic kits or all these stuffed animals that people are wanting to get or little trinkets or something with stuffed animals are on the top shelf that's the 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 prized prize you yes. know basically great idea also the fact that the magic kits usually have an age limit not ah, true and the kids we're having here, we'll have first birthday parties here, and mm-hmm. we'll have 12th birthday parties here. Is that so. about the uh, the top side as far as 12 years old? It you... has been, yes. Okay, okay. I mean, you haven't had adults come here, I guess, have you, and had their parties? No. I'm trying to think if we've had, and mm-hmm. no. We've had a couple adults get in the bounces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't serve alcohol, but so that's on there. No, that, that's probably the big problem. Yeah. <laughs> I think a cool idea also, Jeff, you had mentioned earlier to me about how you can rotate this. So you get once, I say rotate, you get one started, and then after they pass to the next room, you, get, you can have another group started uh, right behind them. Yeah, that's right. So 
we can do two parties at once if we have two different magicians, mm -hmm. and the, that, that's right. They can follow them through. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when we were looking for a place, um, you know, we wanted a place that had good visibility maybe on a main street, mm -hmm. but I found that those were more expensive to rent. Sure. So we wound up on a place that's about a block off the main street. We've got a sign, and you can kind of see it from the main street. Yeah. But um, one, one challenge I will say of this is that the inflatables take up quite a bit of room, so it, it makes the rent more expensive. So mm -hmm. you need to have you know, a certain amount of parties each month just to cover the, the nut. Um, I've sometimes thought that, you know, the, the, well, the inflatables are nice in that they're big and colorful and just very mm -hmm. festive looking, but they do take up space. Um, I've sometimes thought it'd be nice to have a smaller space and maybe we just play games with the kids or something that takes up less room and that would be less rent and probably a little more economical. Um, and I wonder sometimes if we do birthdays in the home, that's probably a good like I know in England, the, the games at the birthday parties are very popular. I don't think that's really caught on. Not so US. much here as it is over there. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, here they do have inflatables, and a lot of companies, as you said, you had inflatables before you had the, this idea of this uh, venue uh, where you would bring inflatables to people's home. Big thing now, of course, are foam parties, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, that just come and kind of blow foam when you leave. You know, mm -hmm. so which I think be, you know that's the next best thing to uh, you know, self-working tricks. You know, so I don't think it really is such a thing as a self-working trick. I heard a guy say, well, if it's self-working, it seems like you could just go to a show, you wind them up, you set them down, you go home, you come back and pick up the things. They just do the tricks. But that's not true. But there's a lot of stuff that has to go on here. One of the advantages that we have, our, our competitors aren't the other magic places around town. Hmm. Uh, if, if you open up a dinner theater or, or something, that's not our – our competitor is the Chuck E. Cheese, the Bounce U's, the, the other places – and the big and and those are becoming more popular. Mm -hmm. The big difference is when you're here, you are the only family here, or oh, at the most two. Yeah, and you are separated, and so it, it. I've had a lot of people tell us it it it's more fun as a group, mm -hmm. and not just getting separated all across the other rooms. It's like you're going to someone else's house for the party. Yes. Yeah, and then you could leave, and then they've got to clean up the mess. Which is what happens here. They leave, and we <laughs> clean up the mess. <laughs> what about the food? I was going to ask about that. Do you have that catered, or do you— did, did We do not provide the food. They okay. have to bring in whatever they want. Okay. We do have plates and cups and all that other fun stuff. You don't stuff. have sodas or a machine or anything like that? Or? No, we don't. We just got our, our new water fountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would think if you have food or soda or anything like that, you have to have some sort of a food license or permit. Exactly. And that can be more expensive, too. Yes. Plus more inspections, which even makes it even more expensive. Right, right. Parking-wise, looks like you have adequate parking out here because the kids aren't driving, so you have a lot of people, I guess, come and drop off the kids and leave. So although some parents, grandparents, and some people are staying, for the most part, I'm assuming they kind of come drop off and then come back later? Yeah. I'll start at the beginning of all that. Okay. Um, no, we don't have enough parking, but yes, we do. Uh, okay. We we only have about ten parking places in the front. Okay, but we have very nice neighbors. The parties are at the weekend. The neighbors aren't businesses aren't running in the weekend, so they let us use their parking. Right. Um, that except for the um, exercise group next door, and and 
then it's okay afternoon on the weekends. Um, so that takes care of that issue. It depends on the age level of the children if the parents stay or leave. Okay. And we do have limits on the number of kids, and we charge extra if they go over 15 kids. But we only count the kids. We don't count the parents. We encourage them to stay. The more parents that stay and see how much fun the kids are having, the more likely they are to book us for their party. Right. And do you charge by the child, or do you have like a base fee, and then over that it's per child? Base fee, and then over that per child. Okay. And what's the capacity typically that you have uh, minimum and maximum? we've done parties here for two kids. Okay. (laughs) It wasn't a good party. It wasn't a good show. But, boy, we did a lot of close-up magic on that show. We've had field trips of 100 kids here. Mercy. Okay. Um, Can it hold that many? I mean, they're kind of running around and everything. Basically, we borrow or rent a nearby park pavilion. Okay. And we recycle... With ah, their that makes bus. Sense. When it gets to, uh, we've had like up to 200 from field trips during mm-hmm. the summer. Right. But usually, comfortably, we fit about 50 uh, people. In having a school come over, I know they have certain funds set aside for field trips and things like going to the zoo or museum or whatever that are funded by the state or whatever, I guess. I'm not sure exactly how that works out. But uh, so are you paid by the school or do the parents kind of say if you uh, in other words if the kids want to go they have to pay so much and the parents have to put in the money for them to go or do you care how that's worked out as long as you get paid um yes okay <laughs> we we don't care how that's worked out as long as we get paid okay i would just think that some schools in other words i'd be a thing to encourage saying hey you have funds already that you're receiving for field trips and thing use us you know put us in the mix when we work with the schools, some of the schools uh, especially those in lower income areas, mm-hmm. they will get grants yeah. to come here. Others, we the one we did just yesterday, was more of a daycare, day school. Okay. And they the parents basically chipped in for them to come here, and the parents drove them here. Instead of a bus full of kids, we had 30 cars outside. It wow. was fun. Just okay, it wasn't 30 cars, but it was <laughs> more more than normal. We're going to take a moment here to have a word from our sponsor, Poe's Magic Conference. Poe's Magic Conference, coming up August 24th through the 27th in Baltimore, Maryland. And I have with me right now the organizer, who is the Chief Mystery Officer, Mr. Vince Wilson. Hi there, Vince. Thank you, Scott. It's always a pleasure to be here. Well, I am looking forward to this year's conference. Every year, you I don't know how you continue to top yourself with some amazing talent that comes in because this is a great opportunity for us not only to work with and learn from all these greats that come in, but also because it is so small that we really get to spend a lot of uh, time with them. Tell us some of the people you've got coming in here in August. Well, our, it's hard to top Jeff McBride from last year, but we, we are working on it. Yeah, but we have a... This year's keynote speaker is Larry Haas. We'll have my good friend Vlad, Bradley Barefoot, David Parr will be performing there and lecturing as well. He'll be doing uh, his Alchemist one-on-one session. There's only limited spots available for that. Paul Prater will be coming back. Crystal Younglove will be emceeing and performing. And of course, there's this guy named Scott Wells you may have heard about. Uh, Mm -hmm. He'll be (laughs) joining the stage and... Lindsay Noel and Zeke Powers are just some of the performers and lecturers we have there. And of course, there's always more 
added fairly often. And we have some announcements we'll be making soon, so you can go there and subscribe to the newsletter. Sign up quick because we expect to have an even bigger attendance than last year, which will fill up the space we have. So you should be buying your reservations very soon. Also, we'll be raising prices in the next couple of weeks. So keep that in mind too. <laughs> well, I recommend everybody go out actually and to register uh, soon. This is a lot of fun. If you want to take your magic to a different level and this way that you can learn how to add storytelling rather than just a, a demonstrative description of your trick, actually making it entertaining to your audience and thus making you head and shoulders above your competition. Learn how to be a storyteller here this weekend. Thank you very much, Vince. I appreciate it. and looking forward to seeing you in August the 24th through the 27th in Baltimore. And for more information, information, go to what's the website? PoseMagicConference.com. PoseMagicConference.com. There you go. See you soon. And now back to the conclusion of our conversation about Abracadabra with Dan Davis and Jeff Lefton. What I find interesting, I did not see any like large screen TV or any monitors or anything. So this is all something that kids are doing and playing with their minds and bodies and not sitting and watching something other than the magic show. Exactly. Um, we have we want to get the kids moving. Sure. We want real life experiences, not just somewhere to go and sit down and watch something. Mm-hmm. One thing, too, is that. Um, when a, a child care center or a school is thinking about a field trip, they think, well, maybe we'll take the kids to the zoo or the science center or wherever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll point out that, you know, those things are great, but they have general admission, so you can go there anytime. You don't very often get to watch a magic show unless maybe there's, a you know, that, that's more of a special occasion. That's so th- this is something that you can't just do any day. It's more of a special experience. Well, that's something, as you were talking about, that differentiates this place from a Chuck E. Cheese, aside from or any of those venues, from the standpoint of not only is this just for that group, but also you offer a magic show, which other places don't have. Exactly. And we're also, unlike some of those other places, you pay X amount to, to come here. Yeah. We're not hitting you up for any extras of to play the video games or to, to you know order an extra pizza or anything like that. Yeah, you, you, it's easy to budget, right? I think one thing that's nice, you know, if you go to a, a bounce place, granted there might be ten different inflatables there, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Although I I think the kids get tired out after a half hour, and what are you going to do the rest of the party? Right. But here, I think the nice thing is that in the magic show you get. The, the personalization with the birthday child and you know just the interaction between the performer and the kids, a, a fun shared experience sure. like you get in a magic show. Sure. Plus you get a taste of the, the bouncing and the fun. So it's kind of the best oh, of both worlds. physical activity, basically, yeah. kind of thing. That, that does sound great. Since you are competing with these other types of venues, how do you go about marketing? For those who might be interested in this kind of a business model, there's so much to think about, but how do you get people in the door? What do you do to advertise, promote the biggest advertisement that we have is word of mouth. Of course. Once you do one party, you're going to have two or three people from that party mm-hmm. wanting to come back here. Yeah. And then marketing at all the other events that we do. And then just a little bit. We've done um, birthday mailers. We've been doing Abracadabra for almost two decades, I believe. We have a list of a lot of kids 
mm-hmm. and when their birthdays are. So we can do email. Because a lot of times they have brothers or sisters who might be younger are going to be coming in there too. So the parents know where the place is. They've already beaten the way to the door, basically. And so they can... Uh, and they've had a good time doing it. Exactly. Yeah. We, we also have had, I think, some luck with just search engine optimization. So if, if they search mm-hmm. for birthday party place or something, they hopefully will pop up. So they the don't have page. to type in Abracadabra. They just look for birthday venue or something. Right. Okay. So do you have an SEO person who's working with you? And I assume you have obviously a website, but. Uh... The, the best SEO person that I've had work for us is Jeff. Okay. He set everything up and it is still going strong. And do you look at the analytics from time to time to kind of see how, or just? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, And so you're able to turn that into actual people walking in the door and making reservations. How many, on a Saturday, how many parties would you have on a typical weekend? We have. And does it make a difference also during the season? Which is another great thing, by the way, because of St. Louis, we do have snow and ice. I'm from this area. I know exactly what it's like here. Uh, So you always can control the temperature, whether it's hot or cold or whatever, by being indoors or not playing outside or have to risk all that then as well. But uh, how many typically would you have on a weekend? We have three to five per day. Wow, okay. Um, That is what the most we can do. Mm -hmm. At the moment, coming off of COVID, et cetera, we're probably doing an average of four to five a weekend. Okay. Oh, five to six, things are getting better. And some on, I guess, even Friday afternoon, Friday evening, or do you do many on Fridays? Not really. Just Saturdays and Sundays? Yes. We have to make, to to keep the building busy during the week, we have an after-school program here mm-hmm. that runs from about 3 to 6 p.m., so when we do, we do get occasional evening parties, mm-hmm. they have to be starting around 7. Gotcha. It's going to be a later kind of a thing. And you're open for whenever. I mean, if somebody wants to rent, it'll exactly. be at midnight if they want to or whatever, <laughs> I guess. And, and once the kids are out of school, we're, we'll do them seven days a week. One thing is, I don't know if this is funny or not, but sometimes it's hard to get the people out of here. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've got that. another group coming in or we want to clean up. And the parents are still staying around and talking, and it's like, you know, how do you politely say so this time go to out go? in the parking lot and yeah, talk yeah. out there? <laughs> oh, yeah, we have to start turning off lights and sweeping floors. Yeah. yeah. Gently kind of uh, say that the witching hour is here. It's time for you to go. Uh, I don't care where you're going to go, but it's not here. Um, so <laughs> that is kind of funny. Uh, you mentioned COVID a little bit earlier, and during those two years, were you open or just during certain times, or what What was that like for you guys? Basically, for a long part of that time, it was illegal for us to have parties That's here. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were mostly closed. Okay. I did, like at the height of it, I did one party as a balloon artist where I went out to somebody's driveway, made balloons, and stuck them in their door while they watched from inside. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a little bit different. I haven't heard anybody doing something kind of like that. Yeah, uh, I guess you could actually do virtual magic shows from here. You know, then as well. That that we did and tried it. Um, we weren't very good at it. We okay. needed to study it more. Yeah, um, the size of the room. We said earlier about the uh, the magic show room. It is large enough, I guess. It looks like there are no seats, so everybody, all the kids just sit on the floor. Is that right, I guess, basically? Yes, we tell the kids we're going to be mean. 
uh, we're going to sit on the floor and make the parents sit in the <laughs> chairs. And we usually have the chairs around the outside. Yeah. But they had been moved into the main room, and we hadn't gotten them back yet. Gotcha. Okay. And there are only a couple areas that are carpeted, and that's one of them, I guess, in there where the kids are going to be seated. And the rest of the places, uh, again, where the bounce house is and the obstacle course and whatnot is uh, more of a hard floor tiled area. One thing you couldn't tell because we're not set up for a party is that we have a uh, those puzzle piece mat set oh, yeah. on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And it goes between the inflatables. Okay. But the rest of it is tile, colorful, easy to clean. Mm-hmm. That's the main reason we went that way. That's a good point. And uh, cleaning-wise, do you bring somebody in? Just, again, think of the business model. To, to save on expenses, do you do that yourself, or do you bring in a cleaning crew regularly? Um, we do bring in a cleaning crew about once a week, mm-hmm. but it's the responsibility of our uh, party performer to pick up after they're to finished. sweep up, mop yeah. up afterwards, and then do a more thorough mopping at the end of the day. And I must say, when I would perform here, that was probably my least favorite because <laughs> you're done with the party, and now I got to stay another. Yeah, when you're minutes, a magician at a party, minutes, someone's yeah, home, normally you do the, the show and you leave up. and let them clean it up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you take the good with the bad. Yeah. Which leads me to what I was going to ask also as far as some of the uh, the downside of this. I mean, you talk about like some of the upside and, and uh, the fun and whatnot, but what's, uh, what are some of the obstacles that you had, you had to go through as far as, I don't know, whether it's permitting or uh, working with your neighbors or whatever or... Or maybe somebody who came in that was not fun to work with. I could tell you stories. We got time. <laughs> um, opening birthday presents. Hmm. What do you mean Th- by that? That is something that a lot of people like to do. Sure. The people who don't like to do it are the kids. What? After their present has been opened and little Joey gets to see the Tonka toy or whatever. Yeah. They don't care about the other kids opening presents, so they start wandering around and and they're just not entertained. Mm-hmm. And we can't entertain at that time because then nobody would watch them open presents. So our rule is that, you know, we're entertaining the kids, open the presents at home. I hadn't thought about that until we were you just mentioned that because you didn't mention that in the different rooms and where they're going from one thing to the next. So uh, I hadn't thought about when they actually open it. So I assume the kids come to the party and they bring their gifts, and are they just stacked in the foyer? We have a large table if it's just one party going on. We have a couple rolling tables if they're going from if we're doing two parties, uh, one following the other. So the presents stay with them. So do you make that clear to the parents when they're coming in and saying we're not going to open the gifts until you yes. get home and for that reason? Yes. Yeah. If it's a real small party and there's only, you know, seven, eight kids, then I think we let them open the gifts because it doesn't take that long. But if you got to open 20 gifts, like Dan says, the kids get antsy. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, they want to uh, – because there's just the one kid opening it and you got to – and then they look at it, and they might want to play with it. And one, the other kids want to play with that kid's toys then as well, and that turns into another big problem, I would think. Did you learn that from just trial and error? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we learned it quickly. <laughs> we also, like when it, when it snows or it's icy, mm. we've got to get the lot clean if we've got parties going on that day. And if, if the guy doesn't come, the snow removal guy doesn't come in time, that mm-hmm. can create some problems. Sometimes we've lost power. We've had to bring some lanterns in because it's dark in here and we've got parties going on. Wow. 
or a fuse brillos. My favorite. We do summer camps here during the week. Uh-huh. Uh, bring in a dozen kids, teaching them magic. We had to evacuate the place because somebody working on the road in front of us hit a gas line. Wow. That was, that was a fun day and calling all the parents, explaining them where their kids are. And don't panic. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned, what are some other stories? What are the, some things you had as far as some difficulties with uh, children? Or you mentioned about trying to get the parents and the kids out of here or that you're waiting for somebody to show up, I guess, to pick up their kids or? Um, waiting for the kids to show up. Oh, really? So they could be running late because if you got another second party behind them, that kind of... Uh... Or even if we're scheduled, if I have somebody that's scheduled to run this show from 1 to 2.45, because our shows are, are, the whole package is about an hour and 45 minutes. Okay. And they don't show up on time and they're running late, it throws our whole schedule off. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, a kind of sad story, mom booked the party because mom wants to impress her kids. Sure. She's divorced from dad. Uh-huh. Dad was supposed to drop the kids off, and dad instead takes the kids out somewhere else for another half an hour. Oh, boy. So and the mom's here. She's got the food and everything, and all set up for the kids. Mom's kids, friends, and everything but the birthday child. But the birthday child. So the birthday child came a half hour late. In the meantime, in a case like that, do you just let the kids run wild on the jumping, bouncing around everything, I guess? Our schedule, unless we're doing one following the other, is not so written in stone that we can't mix things up. Okay. So what did you do in that case? In that case, they bounced for the full half hour, and when they weren't here yet, we moved on to the workshop and balloon animals. Mm -hmm. Instead Uh, of the magic show. Instead of the magic show, because... One thing we try to do is make the magic show star the birthday child. Of course. And everything is interactive. And we can't do that without the birthday child. (laughs) Um, We've had similar situations where we do not provide the food. They can bring in what they want or Mm -hmm. have it delivered. Right. And the delivery guy's late. Wow. So when it's time to eat pizza, the pizzas aren't here. Right. So we do other things, and then they eat at the end. So has that ever happened in which the food didn't arrive at all? I had one man yell at me because we didn't have a soda machine or any type of thing to <laughs> beverages. get beverages other than water. Yeah. It's like, you know, and, and even though we tell them, and it's in our agreement, yeah. we do not provide any food or drink, he was determined that we were going to get food and drink. Wow. I had another lady yell and complain. We give them goodie bags, which has toys and magic tricks in it. Sure. She says it's not a goodie bag unless it has candy. There's nothing goody to eat in that. Okay. And we can't do candy because too many health issues. I was about to say, I just was watching something on television recently, and this father was making a peanut butter jelly sandwich, you know, for his son. He said, I can't take that. He said, we have a nut-free environment in school. And that's the thing, obviously. You know, I hadn't thought about some schools not having, I mean, the whole campus can't have nuts. Do you have a situation like that in which there are some people might have allergies or something? I mean, does that, or do you just kind of leave it to the discretion of the host who's bringing in the food? I'm going to tell another fun story. (laughs) Okay. I was here working a birthday party, and mom brings in the cake. And we have had some amazing, beautiful, fantastic cakes here. This thing was brownish 
lopsided. And mom explains to the other parents, oh, see, Johnny's got issues, so we couldn't use sugar, so we used applesauce. And we we, we couldn't use flour, so we used this. And we couldn't use... And the parents look so sad and dejected at that cake. I would, too. (laughs) Then the mom pulls out this other beautiful cake and says, this is for us. (laughs) In fact, just this week... Going back to the camps more more than here, I spent half an hour on the phone with the mother explaining when we register kids for camp, they're here during lunch. They bring their own lunch. Mm-hmm. Her kid has a peanut ish yeah. allergy, so we'll just let all the other kids know nothing with right. nuts. Right. It's funny, too, how some parents will just come and not really do anything they just we, we have the party and they're on their phone and, or playing around or talking to other parents yes and and that's fine but other parents they come in and they decorate the place elaborately oh. and like dan says they'll have these elaborate buffets of food and they might even come in a few days before the party and look at the place and plan out the decorations maybe they'll want to get here stick some 30 things on the 60 walls minutes kind of thing. yeah hmm, okay so it's just interesting the the range of that you get. I had a professional party planner want their party here, and they wanted to get here an hour and a half early to do the decorations, mm-hmm. which kind of would not work because of the other party going on at that time. Um, one thing that we did notice, our person is the party host. Mm-hmm. They help the kids on the inflatables. They do the magic show. When it comes to time for that food, we originally were planning on them to help serve all the cake and everything else. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Our person gets in the way of mom and dad wanting to do that. Okay. Cleaning mm-hmm. up, oh, yes, we can do that. But actual serving the cake and all, it's we're in you. the way. Yeah. So we just kind of go back to our room, gather our breath, rest for 10 minutes, and then come back and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad way of uh, doing it, uh, certainly, because you're just going to be one or two more people in the way, uh, big people, because they're trying to get to the food or cookies or pizza or whatever that's that's there then, too. It's hard, too, when you're on a diet and they come in with these delicious-looking cakes and they want to know if you want to have some, too. Yeah, two or three times a day. Resist, and, oh, that yeah. cake looks good. Oh, that's a vanilla cake. Oh, that's German chocolate. Oh, I'd love carrot cake. You know? <laughs> one, one of the issues we've had is uh, the freezer space. We have a refrigerator with a freezer. We have a microwave, anything that they might need. Yeah. But if we're doing six, eight shows a weekend when we were, when we were at our most shows, we come in Monday and there is boxes of ice cream bars and things in the freezer, and we weren't sure left. if they were ours or oh. the daycares <laughs> or... So you don't know what to do with them. Well, once we cleared out whose it was, we had one teacher performer who would, like, claim a box and eat on it for the rest of the week. (laughs) Do many of the people come and leave things? Yes. One thing that Jeff introduced me to is a group called um, It's Your Birthday. Yeah. They do birthday parties for people in shelters, Mm -hmm. mostly women and their kids. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody would spend money on their birthday decorations and then throw them away we offer them a box to put them in collect them and then pass them on to the that's great 
because they can be reused. I mean, exactly. it's horrible that you spend so much money on all that, and then it just goes into the trash. Yeah. And, Scott, if you like, b- before you leave today, we can look in the, the refrigerator and see if there's any uh, ice cream you, You've whetted my appetite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're about lunchtime here, <laughs> thinking about that, that does sound good. One other question I have is about sound. Do you have, like, a speaker system? So are you playing music during the time, or are the kids loud enough they wouldn't hear the music anyhow? Uh, or if you want to play Happy Birthday or you've got – some piped-in sound or speakers or... We do have speakers set up, and we do play kids' music okay. at the start of the event. Uh-huh. Most of that gets drowned out by the bounces. Of course. But it's enough, especially those first few minutes when the kids arrive and they're nervous and not sure what's going on. They know it's a fun place when they arrive. Exactly. And you can also make, I guess, uh, an announcement. You have a speaker system like a microphone and you can say, hey, Johnny's party. But we're going to be moving from this room now to the next room. Or We could. We just haven't had the need to. Okay. It's not that big of a space. Okay. Well, as you say, you've got the magician who's going to be working with them and following them from one place to the next and kind of shepherding them along. There have been times when the kids will get here like f- 15 minutes early. The birthday kid gets here early. Yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes the birthday kid is late, and all the kids are sitting there waiting for the birthday oh kid. Oh, my. Yeah. But when the birthday kid gets here 15 minutes early, they see the inflatables in there, and they want to know, can they start on them now? And I think, well, you know, you want to accommodate them, so go ahead. But th- after about a half hour, most of them get pretty tired out, and if you start mm-hmm. them early – then 15 minutes early, they're, they're going to be pretty exhausted and want to lay yeah. down sometimes. So, right. so we just try to occupy them in the waiting room with maybe some close-up magic or talking with them oh, until a few more kids get here so okay. they're not tired. So you have some sort of a critical mass. Yeah. yeah, That's one of the other issues that we will get. Parents say, oh, you're only spending a half hour on the bounces? Well, if I go to the other bounce place, we're there for two hours bouncing around. No, you're not. You're there in one section for a right. half hour and then another section for a half hour. Right. We, the kids start collapsing at the half hour mark. They just want to sit down and do something else. Or We do offer sometimes, if we're not busy, extended parties, mm-hmm. especially the last party of the day so mm-hmm. it doesn't overrun someone else. But we don't extend the bounce time. We let them come back to bouncing later. I understand, yeah. Sometimes the parents will compliment us on what great control we had over the kids during the show and how we kept their attention so well. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I do think our performers are good, but I I think it's also partly because the kids are tired out, so they're sitting (laughs) and they're not so troublesome like they sometimes are if you go to a home birthday and they haven't gotten their energy out beforehand, Correct. they can be a handful. Yeah, because there are not a lot of places when you're at most people's homes to kind of run around in the house, particularly if it's bad weather outside. They're trying to keep the kids in. It's like, oh, my goodness, we planned for them to play at the pool or we were going to have a bouncy house, but they couldn't because of the weather or whatever, particularly, as I said, you know, here in St. Louis where you have snow and ice you have to contend with in the wintertime as well. And sometimes you, you get to the house and the, the kids don't really have anything to do before the magic show starts and they're running through the house mm-hmm. and they're – I feel sorry for the mom. Oh, boy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or worse. We're going to have the magic show at the end of the party, so they've just finished their cake and ice cream. Yeah. Or they're bringing the cake and ice cream to the floor and eating it while the show is going on. Yeah. Then the kids can be a little bit wild, yes. 
Yeah, that's why when I was doing parties, I had learned from uh, experience as well to try to coordinate that saying, well, when will I start? Because I've got other thing, another show I'm going to be going and doing or whatever. But more importantly, here is what I would suggest, what you would want to do, because they may say, just as you'd said, Dan, uh, of, of doing the cake and ice cream, then we'll have you. Well, can we do that after? Because then they have some place to go to rather than messing around with a magician looking back at all of your stuff because they're wanting to go have cake and ice cream or, or opening gifts or something yeah. that's going to keep them out from under your foot as opposed to you being the last thing because if you're the last thing then they got nothing but time waiting for their parents to come to kind of mess with the magician you know so again i think you have a nice timing kind of a thing here as we start to close uh, tell me so what would be some of the suggestions you would have for someone who is interested in this kind of a business model who might want to open it you would encourage them i'm assuming to do something like this but what kind of advice would you give each of you have an idea We've given a lot of it away. Um, basically, when you're looking for a place to do this, plan the flow that you want the party to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have it so they go f- from the bounce to the show, and then we have a back hallway or a front hallway, either way to go to the food, then to the um, um, treasure room, yeah. then exit. There's a nice flow and it took us a while to put that together otherwise they're crossing paths with other groups or Mm -hmm. going in other directions and it it just slows the whole party down so it's kind of a trial and error that you learn by experience yeah jeff i mean an industrial type building is probably more conducive because like an eight foot ceiling is probably too low for the inflatables we had to raise the ceiling in here for to accommodate the bounce yeah you had to re like you said remodel the place in there to raise another couple feet yeah. So hopefully you just you can make the numbers work. I, I would say just do some analysis to figure out how many parties do you need to have to pay the rent and make mm-hmm. sure that everything you know works out financially. And we're here in Webster Groves, as you mentioned, and this is really more, would you say, a bedroom community as opposed to an industrial business yes, area? Yes, it's uh, a college town um, bedroom community. We get a lot of business from people who say, I've been driving by there and seen that giant rabbit out front for years. Just, mm-hmm. So uh, that helps advertising. Sure. But then we had to readjust everything and cut down on the obstacle course to make it fit. Yeah. Yep. And it does, I think, and everything has kind of you've worked out all the bugs, so to speak, uh, to make sure this kind of flows. So I don't see a lot more improvement that you can make. Are you still fine-tuning, I guess, finding things occasionally? Like with any show that you do, yeah, there's well, always something that you can tweak a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the general basis of this it sounds like you kind of got the model kind of working, so... Good advice. That's great. Well, as we do close, of course, I uh, I know you listen to the podcast, and it's called the Magic Word Podcast. So what would be, I'm going to ask each of you individually, Dan, first of all, what would be your phrase or what's what's your magic word or philosophy? For me, I can ask Jeff. Jeff's ready. Yeah, Jeff, you're, you're ready. Give me a second. <laughs> okay. I, I would say mine would be go for it. Okay. At, at times like when it. I've just taken a little bit more of a risk and yeah. put myself out there, a lot of times things have worked out. And when sometimes they don't, at least I am tried. glad that I tried. Yeah, like Nike, just do it. Yeah. So go for it. I like that. Yeah. Mine, just a side note on his philosophy. When I worked at, with him at his other company, uh, he sold it 
moved on. The new people took it over, and they didn't go for it, and that didn't last two years. Oh, so wow. if you don't go for it, you're ending. But I think mine is have fun. If you find that what you're doing isn't fun, you're not going to do it. So, so have true. fun. So true. That's great. Well, Dan, thank you very much, Jeff. I appreciate that. You guys have been uh, great, and I think given some good advice and got a, a nice thing going here. And I hope that this goes for uh, dozens of more years into the future then as well, and also will hopefully inspire some other people who are thinking about opening up perhaps a, a birthday party type of venue in their town. I think it's, it's a doable thing. And so I say just go for it and have fun. <laughs> Sounds great. So with the Magic Word Podcast, that was Dan Davis and Jeff Lefton. This is Scotty out. Thank you, Dan Davis and Jeff Lutton, for that insight you gave us into your business model of Abra Kidabra there in Webster Groves, Missouri. It is a very unique location, and I think it certainly bears looking into by other people in other parts of the country, if not the globe, who might want to replicate some sort of a similar type of a location for children to do children's parties. Instead of going out and doing birthday parties all over the town, why not have the town come to your location? And that way that you can provide a more enclosed environment and it can be not only enclosed, but more controlled and offer more packages and everything. Anyhow, great idea. Congratulations on the success that you've had and also I wish you continued success well into the future. Well, this week I said we had a contest in which we were going to announce the winners of the uh, Take 5 book. And we have two e-books and one physical book that's going to be given away. And we appreciate all the people who had entered the contest from around the world. And uh, again, if your name is drawn and you are living outside the U.S., then we'll send you that ebook, and if it's uh, inside the U.S., then one of you get a physical book. So I think it's now time to uh, list the names of the winners, and their names are David Cups, Gary Friedrich, and Simon Carmel. Congratulations, guys, and I hope that you enjoy the books as much as I have, or I should say book, because it is a wonderful book. Uh, he had, Michael Breger had sent me a copy of this in advance, and it's a good read, just as his other books are as well. But wait, there's more. As a bonus for you listening until the end of this podcast in order to hear who the winners are, there is even more thanks to Michael Breger. He said that he wants to take this contest just one step further. Actually, the ebook sells for $12 through kmarmagic.com. But if uh, you are interested in buying it directly from Michael, then you can have it for a mere $8. If you will just send him $8 through PayPal to mbregermagic at gmail.com, he will send an ebook to you of Take 5. Again, just go through PayPal and drop him $8 to m. That's in Michael. M. Breger, that's B as in boy, R-E-G-G-A-R, magic at gmail.com. M. Breger, magic at gmail.com through PayPal. Eight bucks, heck of a deal. You need to go and check that out. I might also point out that if you become a friend of the Magic Word at certain levels, you can actually receive a copy of, his, of Michael's earlier ebooks, 
which are part of the perks you get for your uh, monthly pledges that you give using Patreon.com. And we certainly do appreciate you going out into uh, to Patreon or through PayPal and giving us a monthly donation. I should say a monthly pledge. You can give a donation whenever, and we do have some donations uh, we get in from time to time because it might be perhaps just in celebration of an event like something we're going to be having next week where we're going to be celebrating someone's birthday and <laughs> that's going to be coming up then soon and they had uh, given a donation in advance of that uh, in order to get a little bit of a shout out and so if you also happen to have a convention or something that you want to have promoted I want to make sure that uh, you know that uh, that is uh, available here that you can get uh, more than just a shout out you get different kinds of opportunities to promote your convention and just as I had spoken with uh, Vince Wilson here this week about the Pose Magic Conference, you could do that for your conference then as well. Just contact me, that's scott at themagicwordpodcast.com, and I can give you more information on advertising rates if you are interested in that kind of a thing. And speaking of the convention, I do want to again thank our sponsor this week, and that is Pose Magic Conference, and I hope that you will register, and I will see you there on August the 24th through the 27th. It's going to be just another great time, very fun time, and it's a nice location. The hotel itself for the Lord Baltimore is outstanding, and I would recommend that you book your reservations there early. It's just a, a great and grand old hotel. It's, it's phenomenal, so I know that you'll enjoy that. And so we've got some other things coming up over the next few weeks. As I said, I'm not going to be attending the IBM convention, but I have some other conversations that I have spoken with people in the past and have put them into queue that uh, will be coming up over the next few weeks that you'll be hearing and hopefully then enjoying as well. So please like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Let the rest of the world know about that. This is the only way that we can kind of grow. And if you will help us through your sharing, and if you can give us a five-star review on whatever platform that you listen to, for an example, if it is iTunes or whether it's Google Play or wherever. I'm sure there are different ways where that you can go in and give a five-star review and just uh, leave some nice comments. That'd be greatly appreciated and helps our podcast grow. So until next week, stay well, get booked, and remember that whatever you do, have fun and just go for it. This is Scotty out. 